Hello, my name is Ness, with double X. I am an artist who sings, writes songs, improvises on the piano, and creates original electronic music. Check out my songs at the Nessa Z N E S S A Z profile on www.soundcloud.com. Thanks for tuning in. The following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter Seventy Six, Dark Elf. Ambition. The dark elves, all women, slinked through the dark tunnels in search of their prey. They had been assigned to Nendra, for the Mazari Queen had promoted her to field lieutenant. The promotion was not, however, a vote of confidence, but a warning. A warning not to betray the confidence that the Lady Kiarin. Had placed in her. At last, they came into the blood hall. Nendra had heard of this room. She called for a light, which was provided. There were representations in the stone throughout the chamber of ancient kings, beastmen. They were deep into the southern maze now. The trail had led them here, and from the clues. There were a few things they had managed to discern. The one they were seeking, the young male, was accompanied by a larger group than before, some twenty strong. From the signs, Nendra was certain that they must have passed this way. Nendra directed the scouts to search the chamber as she considered their next steps. Nendra signaled for the map. A younger woman provided it for her, bowing low as she lifted up the scroll before her superior. Her name was Vela. Vela wore a tight leather jerkin, blood red, and carried a longbow on her back. She had high cheekbones and fine features. She was attractive and intelligent. And ambitious. Nendra tried to meet Vela's eyes with her own to gauge her loyalty, but Vela wisely kept her head down, a thin strand hanging from her temple. It didn't matter. Nendra knew that this one was ready to seize power should Nendra ever let her guard down. Nendra did not take the map at once; rather, allowed Vela to hold it before her, bowed low in a subservient stance for several seconds longer than was absolutely necessary. Nendra smiled. This was a show of dominance. It was a demonstration, not just to Vela but to the other women as well. It showed wordlessly. Who is in charge, and who must be obeyed? To show anything less than strength was to invite a dagger in the night. Nendra knew this. All Mazari knew this. The male elf they were seeking was precious beyond reason, for he possessed the power of their salvation. By contrast, one fewer womb would be of little consequence to the queen. Nendra knew it, and her adversaries knew it too. I welcome you tonight. Travelers of the maze, it is I, your maze master, Abel Enzo, with a new tale from deep within the eternal maze. The tribe takes their comfort as they may, but even as they do, they are being tracked by a dark elf tribe, intent on taking Orson 
at any cost. The Dark Elves, led by Nendra, seem to be on their trail. But is their dissension in their ranks? Find out more on tonight's Iron Realm and find out for yourself which mysteries of the maze are about to be revealed. Real Roleplay It had been too many days already in the maze searching for him. They could not return without the mail. It would be an admission of failure to her goddess and to her queen. Nandra knew that she would be sentenced to die. Yet the others were not so bound. They could be allowed to return even without Orson, so long as Nendra paid the price for failure, they would likely be spared. This created a dangerous situation. The longer they were in the maze, the greater the temptation for betrayal. Nendra knew that they had better find him soon. At last, Nendra took the map, and Vela began to rise. No! said Nendra, placing a hand on the younger one's shoulder. Neil, I would have your advice, sister. It is your time to prove yourself to me. Vela knew what was being asked of her, and she complied, going down to her knees. The others looked on as Nendra intended. Vela bowed before her. Nendra examined the map. Vela waited patiently before Nendra issued her next command to her. There are several exits from this room, Nendra told the girl, whose head was still down. So our prey may have taken any path. Pray to our goddess now and ask her for the trail. If Lirame finds you worthy, she will give you what you ask. Take us to the mail, Vela. Do this small thing, and in so doing, show your love for me. Vela had the map returned to her, and the girl began to pray feverishly, tracing her finger over the lines that were there. Lirame, patron and protector of my tribe. Bestow your magic and your wisdom upon me, that I might find the path, that I might find the one who holds within him the salvation of my people. Her eyes were squeezed shut, and she was sweating. If she should fail, Nandra knew that Vela would be disgraced. If she succeeded, Nandra, as field lieutenant, would take the credit for her success. Vela had indicated a chamber to the north. She had indicated it as a likely refuge for the tribe that they were seeking. Nendra nodded quietly, allowing the others to pack their gear and to make ready for the trek. They were soon into the maze again, winding through hours of impossible tunnels, until at last they came to the area Vela had indicated. But there was nothing to be found. No chamber, no prey. They had reached a dead end. The granite wall was rough and final. It has to be here, cried Vela, running her hands on the wall. Where is it? Nentra pressed her ear to it, but heard nothing. It was solid. In an that appeared to be merciful. Nendra commanded the others to fan out through the tunnels in search of a secret way, in search of the chamber that Vela had indicated. Yet Nendra knew that they had followed the map perfectly. There should have been a chamber here, but the map was likely wrong. It was as much rumor as it was fact. 
If Nendra had had the choice, she would have chosen this path too. In a way, she felt badly for Vela, but the sentiment quickly passed. The girl would take the fall for this, disgraced in front of the others, and that would be enough. Three more hours passed, but it had only been wasted time in the maze. The object of their hunt had not appeared. The trail had gone dead now. The Mazari departed the southern maze, and Vela held her head in shame. Nandra said nothing. Indeed, this was more damning than anything she could have ever said out loud. I, Neringa Zoltoskaita, lend my voice and talents to the Iron Realm podcast. The Iron Realm copyright Apple Enzo can be found with full episodes and summaries at theironrealm.com and at theironrealm.blogspot.com. Be all of you well in the light and in the dark. Iron Realm. in the Onyx Vault. Remember, travelers, if you're not partaking of the treasures of the Onyx Vault, then you're only receiving a third of the content available to you. All patrons receive future episodes of the Iron Realm before anyone else on the planet. And there are many other offerings, too including, but not limited to, the following. A custom treasure detailer for gems, and another for 100 gems. A draft cover is given for the latest book. The Chapter 77 pre-release, world-exclusive, Halfling Families, a patron bonus creature, the Human Tribe, and another, the Heartlands. The latest Shadows of the Past is also up. The Long Watch. And, of course, the Iron Realm bonus cast, number 17, is released to you now, with all prior bonus casts available, too. But that's not it. Also brand new, two far future prophecies, audio narrations with a creature from chapter 89 revealed, and the chapter 88 narrative is given to the riverbank. In addition, I've got a new bonus for the deity tier. I've decided that all patrons of the Deity Tier or above should have access to all my books in progress, even when they are still in the draft stage. Drafts are unfinished versions of upcoming books, but my high-level patrons deserve to see these offerings as they develop every step of the way. And so I am adding a new benefit for the Deity Tier and above, free for all of you. A copy of the latest book in progress with everything so far completed, available for you to use and peruse in the games that you run now. This will remain available until such a time as the actual book is finished. And of course, when it is fully finished, the special patron version of the book, completed and including all the bonus extras, will be yours to download and enjoy as well. A special offering for every patron of the Deity Tier or above, available for a full month, yours to download and enjoy ahead of anyone else on the planet. For these and all books available to patrons, search under the tag BOOKS in order to find them all. Iron Realm. Iron Realm. Iron Realm.
get the draft version 0.5 of the Iron Realm Solitaire Treasure Trove and Maze Master's Guide now. Find the Onyx Vault at patreon.com slash the Iron Realm and experience everything your Maze Master has to offer. Tribal Matters. It is 7 p.m. on the 28th day of Primaris. The group is at position 18, 15, and they are just now exiting room 22, the bathing chamber. They have had sufficient food and drink, and their spells are as follows. Kailana, Mystic Missile, times two. Amazar, Door Denial, times two. Orson, Ventriloquist, Len, Hands of Healing, times two. Celeste, Hands of Healing, times two. And Twilight and Nim, each possess Hands of Healing. Additionally, each of the Uname still possesses the full power of her horn. The group is dressed in their full armor, and they have recovered all their equipment. They use their usual tactics of two long ropes in order to maintain their double file through the maze. The group decides to light no lights, instead relying upon Stockholm's ability to see in the dark as a way to get them through. Their move will be 30 feet, and their marching order is as follows. In the front, Stockholm and Solis, then Iona and Paola, then Tamek and Nim, with Kailana behind. Back a bit further, Len and Celeste. Behind them, Brevik and Thora, who carry the treasure chest, and behind them, Lilena and Amazar. Further back, there is Twyla and Marks, and then behind them, Orson and Kana. Behind them, Bardar and Nora. Lilena is in possession of a crossbow, and I'm going to stipulate at this point that she has passed it to Tamek, along with a quiver and ten quarrels. Hmm, let's see. My notes here show that she actually has two crossbows, and the second one has twenty-seven quarrels. I suppose I'll keep that on her person for now, with the second crossbow now going to Temek. The area that the tribe is in at this point is maze-like, but now they know the way. And so their first task is to backtrack to the Blood Hall, room number 14, by the most direct route. They will make no noise as they go into the maze, but will it be enough? Rolls for roaming creatures. By 7.40, a roll has come up positive. They are in the straightaway hall, which is position 16.22. It is a long, thin corridor, perfect for capturing prey. Let's have some listen checks to see if the group is any wiser. But before I do, are they being tailed from the front or the back? It is from behind. So let's give the first listen check to Orson. Orson must still be daydreaming about his day of pleasure. And he has failed the rule. Let's give a chance to Kana. Kana, on the other hand, is alert. And she hears the sound of the roaming creatures coming, whatever they are. Time to consult the charts. Let's see how powerful this encounter is. More detail. Looks like it is a tribe of abominations. Grotesque fusions of many races. Part orc, elf, human, dwarf, hobgoblin, you name it. It looks like they have a move of 90 feet. And I can only assume that they were hiding in the corridor at position 13, 18. 
well as the group comes by past their camp, the abominations slip in behind them, and a confrontation is imminent. Let's see how many. Their tribe is huge, with 44 members strong. Their leader is called Cyclor. He has a single bulging eye, jagged teeth, and an arm like that of a giant crab. The sides of his body are lined with razors, and these spikes are easily seen penetrating through the rags which Cyclor wears. His companion is a female called Ardra. She has reptilian green scales, a stench like rotting flesh, and talons for hands. As they approach, Bardar and Nora are at the ready, whilst Kana is lit a torch, and Amazar his lantern. This action is possible for all due to Kana's warning. Cyclor approaches, and he is hailed by Bardar. Oh, says Bardar. You're a big one. Are we in your territory? We're just passing through. And if you, uh, fine people would be so kind, perhaps you'll let us continue on our way. Bardar has the skull sword at the ready, which vocalizes unnaturally as a backdrop to Bardar's greeting. It's not certain how this will be met, but at least abominations have some understanding of Manish, which means at least that Bardar won't be taking a penalty for that. I'll give a 50% chance that either Cyclor or Ardra has some halfling, human or uname, as a part of their bloodlines. And so they do. It looks like Cyclor is at least part halfling and may be open to receiving Bardar's words. Bardar has an average charisma of 10, and it's time now for the roll, which will be, mercifully, a straight roll. The roll is an 11, which is very, very good. Yes, says Cyclor. This total's ours. Where do you come from, Halfling? Me is Cyclor, king of abominations. And this here is Ardra. Ardra. <laughs> Cyclor's mate. The creatures are bearing down on him and on Nora, and yet Bardar has determined that they may not immediately be out for blood. Riley, Bardar has noticed that both Cyclor and Ardra appear to be suffering from wounds, though their bodies are concealed beneath their rags. Bardar indeed noticed on their approach, from their movements, that something was amiss. Don't worry about us, says Bardar. We're not any threat to you. In fact, there's even a chance we might be able to help. My companion here is called Nora. We have healers in our group. I see that you're hurt. What do you say? We let us help you. With this offer given, a further reaction roll is allowed, and there's something about Bardar that seems trustworthy, and so I'll give a bonus of one to the roll for his generous offer. Hmm, the second roll has not gone so well. Seems Cyclor and the rest of the abominations are very superstitious about magic. You not answer Cyclor's question! says the leader, suddenly holding his claw in a threatening manner. You tell truth to Cyclor! How your group getting there? Without a seat? The Abomination King seems angry now, and Barter must choose his next words carefully. Look, you've caught us, says Bardar. And we really didn't mean to trespass. We just happen to be much quieter than the rest. As you know, we halflings know our way around mazes. We really didn't mean to offend. Please, let us provide you a gift as an apology for you and your fine queen. Barter takes his silver scabbard, and Nora, he motions to do the same. 
each presents a silver scabbard to the questionable royalty that stands before them. Please forgive our trespass, says Bardar. It'll never happen again. This is an unusually fine gift, so I'm going to give a bonus of two to the final reaction roll. This will determine for sure whether an attack comes or not. It looks as if the final result is somewhat neutral. The abominations have decided to ignore the tribe. They take the silver scabbards that have been given, grunt indifferently, and return to the hall from which they came. 1,083 level points for the abomination tribe. The group extinguishes its lights and continues deeper into the maze. Starting at 740, more roaming creatures checks. By 820, the group has returned to the Blood Hall. It is nearly time for them to take their night's sleep yet again. But room 14 is not remotely defensible. They decide to push on towards room 13 in hopes of taking their rest there. Without a sound, they continue. At position 1228, another roaming creature's check is indicated. What is coming now, and can they survive? The tribe of Solus has escaped certain death at the hands of the abominations, but can they do it again? Or perhaps this will be as far as they go, finding all of them dead in pools of their own blood upon the floor. slash the iron realm well if you haven't i've put together a special bonus for you tonight an excerpt from the upcoming iron realm bonus cast so don't switch the podcast off at the end of this episode for beyond that ending get a taste of that podcast for your enjoyment <laughs> Thanks for supporting the realm. I'm with you in the light and in the dark. The tribe of Solus pushes through the maze attempting to reach a safe haven as a shelter overnight. They are pushing on towards room 13, the goblin room, which by their intelligence tells them that all goblins were slain by the hyena men previously. The group has reached position 1228, at which point roaming creatures have been indicated. We shall shortly see... Whether these creatures are coming from behind or ahead, I roll the die. A high number indicates that the threat comes from ahead. And it does, for I have rolled high. According to the marching order, I would say that Orson would get the first roll to see if he can hear the creatures approaching. He has not... Next, Kana. 
also does not hear them coming. And finally, Lilena? Another failure. There are others in the group who could potentially hear them coming, but they are far to the back of the marching order, and so I shall disallow these rules. It's time to check the distance. The enemy is 40 feet away, which shows them to be just around the corner. In fact, based on the distance and based on the respective speeds of these travelers, I estimate that they shall practically collide with one another. Now, the tribe of Solus is immediately faced with a tribe of my sporin. These my sporin are miniature fungus men, roughly two feet tall, that pulse with a sickly gray color. The dice have shown that there are five total, and they have come upon the group by surprise. Bardar and Anora are at the front, and they are holding their swords. The Mysporin pulse urgently, backing away before running quickly into the dark. They have a move of 90 feet, so once it is time for the tribe of Solus to act, they have already gone and cannot be caught. 100 level points for the Mysporin. The group considers calling after them, but decides it is unwise in the dark, for they dare not draw any further attention. What in the world was that? Says Bardar, gripping tightly the handle on his sword. Orson's the only one that saw them, so let's give him the intelligence roll. A three. He is familiar with their kind, and tells the rest what he knows. It seems we encountered the Mysporin, says Orson. They are usually fairly harmless, although I must admit that Lilena and I and Kai encountered them just once before. Let us take no chances, says Amazar. In case you are mistaken, it would be best if we are not here by the time that they return. Hmm, I can get behind that, says Bardar. And following a brief discussion, by 9.20pm, the group continues on their way. By 10 o'clock p.m., they have reached the door to room 13. Kana goes to the front and checks for traps. Kana carefully surveys the door under the momentary assistance of the torchlight, soon telling the others that she has found none. Meanwhile, the group has determined that there are no sounds from within, yet Nora moves to open the door with great care as the halfling Bardar covers her with his sword. There's no telling if the fungus men may be sheltered within. And so the door comes open, slowly, slowly, with the group at the ready and the torch shining within. Has the group found their safe haven? Or does danger lurk in ambush, ready to destroy them at the doorstep? Tune in next time to the Iron Realm, and we shall see together what comes next. Play hard, or go home! Iron Realm! Go carefully into every room, for even if the door is not trapped, the chamber within may very well be. An announcement for Iron Realm fans. I've just released a new version of the Iron Realm Solitaire Dungeon Design and Maze Master's Guide. Version 1.2, available now on Drive-Thru RPG. It includes a number of new tactical grids and some additional gaming material for you as well. 
10 more pages in all. So if you don't have it yet, go ahead and grab it on drivethroughrpg.com now. If you have already purchased the ebook, then the update is yours for free. Simply log into your DriveThruRPG account and obtain the update for your own collection. A special thank you from your Maze Master to you. Follow the Maze Master at Patreon.com or check out all the available books and extras by searching for The Iron Realm at DriveThruRPG.com including the latest free extra available The Bremen Travel you well all in the light and in the dark Iron Realm Iron Realm Iron Realm This is your Maze Master Abel Enzo by my might and by the will of the legendary Powers, may my voice penetrate the void. May my voice break the dimensional barrier. May my voice reach you across space, across time. I am coming to you, travelers, from the last realm, the Iron Realm. And this is the Iron Realm Bones Cast. Ha 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 ha! Ha 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 ha! I've done it! Ha 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 My voice is free! My voice is free! Welcome, modern patrons, to the Iron Realm bonus cast, and I am pleased to announce that a good friend of mine is here with us today. Her name is Ness, and she is a SoundCloud artist of the highest caliber. You may also recognize her voice as the voice of the Dark Elf Vela. From our most recent Iron Realm podcast called Dark Elf Ambition. I know all of you would be pleased, as I am, to get to know her better and hear about a few of her other projects. And definitely be sure to check out her SoundCloud, too. So, Ness, thanks for joining us tonight. Our listeners have had a chance already, most likely to hear your character for the first time, but some of them may be newcomers to the rest of your work. Would you please introduce yourself for our travelers and tell them a little bit more, perhaps, about yourself? Yes, hello. It's nice to meet you all. To be honest, it's been a great pleasure to be a part of this creative process and working with the Iron Realm has been a huge inspiration to me. I am just a girl from a small Lithuanian town who has been working on various creative expressions all her life and I've been doing that for many years. So it all started when I was little. I started telling poems and singing. I remember I used to pick flowers under my mother's window, Flowers. going around the house Flowers. and just singing anything that came to my mind. While other kids were playing outside, running around, playing hide-and-seek and those things, I fell in love with the piano and I started playing. So just ever singing. since then, I haven't stopped participating in music projects and I could say that creative works are a part of my soul and I love learning new skills. So currently I am learning acting, as you can see. This time I became the character of Vela and it has been a new experience to me. And as I mentioned before, I like new experiences. So this time I just decided to try acting. Thanks for what you've said here, but I wanted to delve a little deeper. Aside from your vocals on the Iron Realm podcast, I understand 
that you've applied your talents in several areas. Ness, would you please tell us more about your talents and interests? So currently I compose arrangements. I write songs and create experimental projects with sounds such as sound installations. These projects can last for months and they can get really large. It's so rewarding when you do finish a project because then you get the opportunity to share ideas with the world, with the people. And that's when I understand it's really worth doing it. The most exciting project that I had an opportunity to record was a project at the Music Research Center in York, Northern England, when a team of creative students led by the tutor had to record 3D sounds and landscapes at the York train station. So I remember we had to carry this heavy equipment with us, these huge microphones that record ambisonic 3D sound. And we used to, you know, practice with those microphones in the studio beforehand and then organize the team, arrange the time and meet up in some landscape. So those kind of projects are really large and they take a lot of time because usually the recording takes longer than six hours and you need a lot of disk space for that in your computer, of course. And then you have to get permissions. Also, I have done collaborations with other musicians. Recently, I have completed a songwriting course at the Garnish Music School in London. So I traveled to London just to study songwriting and came back to Lithuania. In London, I was very happy and lucky to learn from the UK top songwriter Alex Wonsus, who has worked with hit artists. He's written some hit songs and I really had some amazing things to learn from him. So currently I am still working on three new songs and I'm still learning the material he gave to me. I guess this learning process never ends, really. Hmm, quite interesting indeed. What would you say brought you originally into the performing arts? And are there other artists out there who inspire your work? I think the first thing that brought me into this area was the first musical impressions that I got from the old cassettes. We used to have tape recorders at home and some of the TV live shows, such as music shows on TV, were recorded on those tapes. So as a kid I used to play those tapes on and on and on and listen to them and simply learn the songs and I used to imagine that I'm performing with a band. So that's how it all started to me. And then I remember I, I started playing the piano and then I was very impressed by Alicia Keys. Her piano skills are just unbelievable. And she's such a good songwriter, such an empowering woman. Her songs have strong messages and she has been a big influence in the world. Thanks for that story. I enjoyed it a lot, actually. Let's turn our focus for a moment to the Iron Realm. It's fair to say that the Iron Realm podcast is somewhat unusual and unique when compared to other fantasy podcasts. And when you were invited to take part in the story, was there anything that especially caught your attention or interested you in the Iron Realm podcast? This project is completely new to me. I have got the book and it was very exciting and intriguing at first when I saw it and got familiar with the story and the characters. I especially like the fantasy elements of it and the vibe of the story. So I am happy to contribute to it and hopefully I will give it some character. So I tend to explore fantasy gaming stories. The Iron Realm is certainly captivating and I know that a lot of our travelers feel the same way. For chapter 76, you were asked to take on the role of the dark elf huntress called Vela, who, as it turns out, is something of a complex character. What do you think of Vela? What is your view of her character and her journey so far? Well, I simply love the idea of Vela. Her character is really strong and empowering to me. She has these dual qualities to her. 
She is feminine yet aims to hunt. She is led by the powers of nature. I love nature. And she tries to resist her own evil thoughts, which is something I have to encounter sometimes, especially when you have to deal with creative issues. So as she's trying to resist her own evil, she's also being kind in some situations, which is really challenging, I would say. So when she's presenting herself to others, it's like she's showing this good side of herself, but deep down she has this dark side too. And I think that's why I was attracted to her character. I think it takes courage to be kind and help others when you have this hunting nature. She has these instincts that take over her, but she's trying to control them. So I somehow connected to her character, as sometimes I see these qualities in myself. Basically, in some parts, I'm not even acting or putting on a character, but rather speaking to the mic in the darkness as myself. I got this amazing chance to share some of my own colors, you know. <laughs> well, it might not be usual as an actor, but as an artist, I think this is really great. So I must say thank you for this amazing story. Thank you, really. Please tell our travelers too where they can find you online and what's the best way for them to keep up to date with your work. You can hear all of my current music on SoundCloud at Nessa Z profile that's written with double S and Z after Nessa or enter my full name on the YouTube and you will find all of my experimental tracks out there. Ness, thank you again for participating in the Iron Realm podcast and thank you too for taking time out to tell us about your work. I think we're going to close tonight too with a special selection chosen by Ness one of her original songs, and I'm sure all of you will enjoy hearing it too. Ness, thanks again for joining us. And I, your Maze Master, plus the Dark Elf, Vela, will be seeing you in the eternal depths of the Iron Realm.
much your fault that I don't feel your touch It's not your fault, it's not my fault The song we've been listening to is called Someone Else The Iron Realm Podcast is copyright Abel Enzo, and all audio and music by Nessa Z is used with permission. Be sure to check out her tracks, too, by searching Nessa Z on SoundCloud or by searching YouTube for Naringa Zeltaskata. That's Z-A-L-T-A-U-S-K-A-I-T-E. Fare all of you well in the light and the dark.